You're listening to Wisdom of the Ages, the show that taps into the many expressions of universal, ancestral and personal wisdom to ignite evolutionary consciousness. Welcome and blessings. This is Anne Kate Sullivan, host of Wisdom of the Ages. On this podcast, I offer interviews and monologues to inspire the awakening of consciousness. Today, I will focus on the dark night of the soul and its importance on the mystical journey. It can be a difficult topic, but I think it's an important one. And let's dive in. Let's dive in and do an inquiry where we, (laughs) more often than not, don't want to go. Sometimes on our awakening journey, we go through periods of depression. We may feel we have broken down and that all is lost. What we have to remember is that this is a phase. Our soul is trying to tell us something important. The dark night of the soul is a time when the heart breaks open over and over again until you think you can't stand it. The dark night of the soul is something we try to avoid. It usually arises because of something, usually a life event that seems like an unbearable betrayal. It could be a death or just one word someone says that just triggers you and it just breaks you open. It seems that much of humanity is going through this dark night of the soul. When all seems empty and disconnected from what is good and true, this is what seems to happen. It happens when the lies and the deceit seem like too much. As awful as it sounds and as much as we want to avoid this feeling of despair, this emptying out, It's an important part of the spiritual journey. I've said that for the third time, but it really is. I want you to grasp that. It's no, you're not going crazy. And yes, this is part of the deal. And we can do this together. As Leonard Cohen says, the cracks are where the light gets in. So a lot of poets, artists, people have been through this and mystics know it well. So these are times when the longing for union can be so powerful that we're willing to give up the small contracted self for a few moments. Now, this is an important shift, you know, and usually, I mean, if we just aren't going along, everything's happy, it's sort of status quo, we're not going to go through this. But when the Ego, the persona, the contracted self seems so contracted you can't stand it anymore. Then the break can open you to the experience of boundless love. It's easier. It's definitely easier if you're with a a teacher when it happens because they can take you, they can lead you through it. But not everybody has someone with us. And if it's in the middle of the night, if it's in the middle of a forest somewhere, We can get through it. We can get through it. But we just have to turn and face the dragon. We have to turn and face the emptiness that's there. So there's an opportunity in the dark night, you know, because really if we turn and look into the shadows, if we look into the dark moon, that might be when we meet God face to face and live. So the dark night of the soul can lead to the great awakening. And that's why I keep saying, I think this is happening collectively because we're in a collective awakening and this is just part of the deal. So on this episode, I will also discuss the inner light that burns in the awakened heart and how we can begin to access this eternal flame and awaken to a greater truth. 
So if you love the spiritual quest and you want to find out more about my work, go to nkatesullivan.com. And then I have loads of podcasts here also with Mirabai Devi. Uh, if you go to the infinite, um, if you look at messages of infinite light, you can listen to many spiritual episodes there as well as wisdom of the ages. Okay. Well, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Director of Superpower Experts. If you're ready to activate your superpowers and turn your lifetime journey into the journey of a lifetime, go to superpowerexperts.com and get started today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Wisdom of the Ages. This is co-host Ann-Kate Sullivan, and today I will be exploring the dark night of the soul and the eternal flame of the heart within you. Now, This journey marks a true turning to the infinite light, but it's a tender subject. The loneliness and isolation can seem unbearable, but who knows? This aloneness is an illusion of the ego. So so this is an important, I'm going to repeat that. This is something that we need to get aloneness because nobody wants to be alone. I'm lonely. We've all been in isolation. Aloneness, we can never actually be alone. Even if we're in a cave in the woods, even if we're in our home, aloneness is an illusion of the ego. We're always connected with reality. We might not feel that way, but we are. So I have a question for you. Have you ever been with a guru or spiritual teacher, felt blasted by their love and wanted to cling to the freedom that you feel that just that big, open heart expanded? You feel the merged love. It feels fabulous. I've felt it many times with Amici. But then you go home and you experience something, an illness, a depression, maybe suppressed memories start surfacing. This is what the guru does. This is actually what the wisdom field does. This is what happens when we're starting to wake up. Whatever is obscuring reality will start to reveal itself. I used to experience this a lot in my color classes that I taught because we would maybe do yellow yellow joy. And then first, before we experience the yellow joy, everything that was not joyous would come up first, or we're doing strength, red strength, everything, you know, all the weaknesses would come up, or if we're doing black power, you know, the expansive power, the peace of the cosmos, the things we hate come up. If we're, you know, the green compassion of the heart So all of these different, all the colors we worked on the blue, the apricot, all of the colors that we worked on for, for years, uh, and I continue to with imaginosophy that I'm going to start to introduce more later. But anyway, there are color codes of the soul. And when we start to tap into them, they start to show us the work that we have left. And it's it's work. It's definitely to to be on the spiritual path. You've got to be a bit of a warrior. So boundless love brings what is unhealed to the surface. And to truly heal, we must become increasingly conscious and transform our histories. So we've got to stop beating ourselves up, right? So the one of the main structures that keeps us from living in a state of self-realization is the inner critic. And I can sometimes, I mean, in the not so much these days, but in the past, my inner critic could be so powerful, so strong that I thought it was sitting in the room with me and was brutal. Um, over time, it gets metabolized and then it becomes, it can become a little more tricky and sneaky, but over time, it eventually disappears. 
the more trauma we have experienced, the more difficult spiritual awakening can seem. Yet those with an unquiet soul often have the greatest breakdowns and get this breakdowns and breakthroughs because the times when we think we're falling apart, these are the times when we can see things differently. So they can be a gift. Like I said, I've sort of repeated it, but I'm going to say it again. For a spiritual awakening to occur, there is often a betrayal, a loss, or heartbreak. It might be 15 heartbreaks, might be 30 heartbreaks, or just one major one. Also, we can hurt those we love without meaning to. I mean, we can cause the heartbreak, or they might hurt us. It can go both ways. But the lack of attunement ignorance causes these deep wounds that may take time, years, or even lifetimes to resolve. But that's karma. That's what we're working on. We we're in order to come to peace, we have to basically eat and digest this material. The suffering forces us to begin to seek deeper. That's when we start to question. After a while, we realize that we are more than the program of the ego. And this is, it's like a big deal to realize this. Like if you, if people don't even understand that they're the persona or the ego, they have not gone through the first turning. They're not in the awakening. The awakening is when you go, look at this. I have this ego and that is, that's not really who I am. Right. So that's, that's, that's the awakening. It's like, Ooh, well, who am I? We are far more than our personality. But we're also far less. That's the scary part, too, because it can seem like an emptiness. And that can be terrifying to the ego. But the ego is the structure that actually obscures reality. So we have to let go of our histories to live in the light body and become increasingly free. As we let go of our histories, you might feel the crystalline body of the of the well, they're actually these vehicles. This is this is kind of getting deep here, but I'm sure you've heard different mystical uh, mystics speak about the diamond bodies, but these actually start to emerge and the felt sense might be that of freedom, of clarity, of, of diamond guidance, like knowing where you're meant to go. There might be more synchronicities. It's like something starts to free up. When we suffer deeply, we often retreat from the world. I mean, right? You just sort of ball up in a corner or you just walk out into the woods somewhere. In that silence, we begin to ask ourselves some questions that can lead us toward the truth of who we are. So self-inquiry is one of the, the main ways we can metabolize lies, deceits, untruth, karma, this more negative aspects of life, and also begin to, to question and understand the different levels and dimensions of the soul, because it's a little bit like a rapprochement with a mother and child, where the child like comes to the mother, then runs away. That we do that with the soul as we as we begin to understand who we are as greater beings, or as being itself. The first question we tend to ask is, "Who am I?" And the answer to that can be layered. And so just to ask yourself over and over again, who am I? Am I my name? Am I my persona? Am I who I, what I, the work that I do? Am I my gifts? No. What's beyond that? What's beyond the beliefs? What's actually present here now? And we just take a moment 
It, it can be really mind blowing if you really do it. Let's sit with the friend and just keep asking them over and over again, "Who are you? Who are you? Who are you?" And and you start to you start to get to some kind of soulful truth after a while. One thing is for certain that generally speaking, if we're ego identified, we are not who we take ourselves to be. And that's actually tends to be what causes us the most pain is that we've identified with a historical program and that, and that creates the pain body. But again, it's not real. We're not our history. We're not the ego. These things have merit and value. I mean, we're learning through these things. But the real pain arises when we forget the truth of who we are. So the true self is not the patterns laid into us by our ancestors, parents, community, spouses, teachers, et cetera. Those patterns actually block our true self. Those things that people have said about you, you know, they're probably not true. Unless you're with a self-realized parent or, or you know, friends that are really, really clear seers, whatever the reflection was probably has some element of distortion in it. And it's our job to let go of those distortions and see clearly. So you see, reality has no beliefs. I'm going to just repeat that because that, like, when I started to get that, I was, my mind started to just blow open. Reality has no beliefs. So whatever you believe is probably not true. <laughs> it's not, it's not reality. Reality is, is presence, right? Reality is, is beyond, is, is, the nameless, like we have to let it all go to begin to understand the truth of who we are. Ask yourself, who are you without your beliefs? Oh my goodness. You can't just fight about politics or fight about what happens in the medical world or fight about whatever, right? The fight goes away and you go, oh, wow. Yeah, this is vast. So in order to know the true self, we must remove the barriers that obscure the essence of the soul. Now, I want to bring in, I love poetry, um, and I want to bring in two famous, um, it's, a, it's a poem by St. John of the Cross. It's called Dark Night of the Soul. I'm just going to bring in two lines from it, but I think it explains something of, of the process. And this is, um, if, you, if you, you can Google St. John of the Cross, Dark Night of the Soul, it will appear, and there are many different versions of it, and many people, mystics, have spoken about it. Um, for years. Um, but let's just check this out. It goes like this. In secret, when none saw me, nor I beheld aught, without light or guide, save that which burned in my heart. This light guided me more surely than the light of noonday to the place where he well, I knew who was awaiting me, a place where none appeared. So in this poem, St. John has, has entered the secret sanctuary of his heart. When he says, none saw me, nor I beheld aught, there is a sense that something is disappearing, dissolving. All that remains is a light in the heart. This light of the heart that is stronger than the sun at noon leads to the divine, a faceless and nameless presence that is God. We tend to want to personify God. And, and you know, the ego can relate to personification easier than it can to an abstraction. That's why we do it. We want to think of him 
or her as a person or a deity that walks around on the earth. But during the dark night of the soul, we realize there is no person who will come to save us. It's a really tough moment when you go, oh, the shining night is not going to come. But it's an important moment because what we're looking for is not out there. That what we're looking for is right here in our own heart. And that's what makes us just explode open. This flame of the divine already lives within us. And all we need to do is remember it again. And we start at this moment, in this moment of breakdown, we we start to create this sort of Gnostic, our own personal direct connection. We don't need anybody to tell us who God is. And actually, we might even completely redefine that. Sometimes I don't use the word God because it's so tied up with religion. And I think at this point, at this point, we move past the religious structures, the religious beliefs. Of, and all of a sudden, we're just in direct communion, looking for a vocabulary, looking for something that can help us with this huge transformation that is going on inside that really just is love and light and love and light and love and light. It's a huge transformation. This is the awakening. But it's sometimes useful to go to a spiritual teacher or guru who is self-realized and established in samadhi. Not so much because you need them at this point because you've seen this part, but just so they reflect back to you what's happening until you've realized it also. And that's that's actually why spiritual teacher is useful because they they are the reflection until you know the truth. At that point, if they're really great teachers, you move on. You don't need them after that. Really wonderful teachers are able to give a love transmission that melts the boundaries we have created, the walls we have built. And, you know, we all have multiple hurts. We're, we're, we're heir to them, you know, even if they're ours or ancestors or whatever. Anytime we have a relationship, we're bound to have multiple hurts. And so, these, what happens? Can we trust enough to allow these walls to come down these boundaries, these barriers, these things that we've erected so that we can actually feel our heart, the love that's there? And the love, actually, honestly, the love that's there is much more powerful than any wall will ever build. In times of depression and despair, a breakthrough can occur. We've been discussing this, but I'm going to say it again. Like, if there's a time of depression and despair, welcome it. Welcome the darkness. During this phase of the dark night of the soul, the normal sense of egoic reality dissolves and there's a mystical breakthrough where reality can be glimpsed. It's a, If it happens, it's grace, but it can be glimpsed. One small taste is enough to change the course of a person's life forever. Yes, it feels awful at first. The heart breaks open and open, and it feels as though it will never stop. But if you stay with it, without trying to numb out the pain, without trying to drink it, smoke it, medicate it away, or do a spiritual bypass, which can be tricky because that tends to be a lot of mystics, poets, whatever, will go there like, oh, give me a bottle of something. I can't deal with this. But the trick is stay with it. If you can trust the wisdom of the unfolding moment, then the heart remembers its true boundless nature. The cracking of the heart is important because we then find the heart of the soul 
And that's the whole point of the dark night of the soul is to find the truth. I sense we're going through a collective dark night of the soul. I've said it, but I think there are there are many, many layers to this. But I also feel that one by one, the flame of our hearts globally are beginning to ignite. Like one person after another person after another, but they're getting lit up. Some people, it's, you know, people have different journeys with this. Some people just get lit up. Other people struggle a lot. I'm I'm more <laughs> that category, but, um, but you know, a lot of times when you've metabolized some really difficult material, you can stand in it when somebody else is going through something difficult, something like a dark night of the soul. You can stand there with them as they're going through their metamorphosis from caterpillar to butterfly. So the ways we have lived before no longer work. You know, our religious, political, educational, societal structures are all changing and they need to, and it's okay to let them go. Even actually the economic um, economic structures are changing. But if we're really standing in this light, in this light of who we are, we can watch it all fall. It's like the t- the tower card, let it fall because the truth will remain. Great. Whatever's left is what we need to be working with. There's so much talk of the end of the world. And that's what the dark night of the soul feels like, right? It is the light begins to flicker in our hearts, a new world arises. And this light that comes to you, this diamond guidance that comes to you, can never be extinguished, nor can it be taken away from you. So dare to look around you and see who in your circle of family and friends has gone through this heart awakening. If nobody has, find the group that has, find people to hang out with who are in the process of awakening, who are talking about these things that might seem insane to some people. What do you mean a diamond body? What do you mean? I'm not my history. What do you mean? And find this group to inquire with. I, I've been part of Diamond Approach, the Ridwan School for about 18 years. I, I love that group, but there are many groups out there. Find a group that works for you. Hang with them. Find somebody to inquire with. You know, Get your circle of diamond friends. Find them because these people will strengthen you. And we need to do this together. This is, you know, the dark night of the soul is sometimes something we have to go through alone. But as we come out of it, we find our community. So let's just revisit the last line of the poem again. Um, To the place where he, and they're speaking of he as the masculine God. This is a, you know, um, and it could just as easily be her but we we tend to not use it. It's kind of difficult. Language is so limiting. But basically, in this particular poem, he is God. To the place where he, well, I knew who was awaiting me, a place where none appeared. So this is tricky. He's probably expecting Christ to appear in, as a persona. But when he encounters God in this case, no one appears because something else is going on. There's an abstraction that's happening. And that can be very mind-blowing or difficult for the ego. What do you mean an abstraction? But it's actually an energy. Uh, you know, reality creates everything, it creates forms, and it takes away form. And quite often the dark night of the soul, this is when we encounter the emptiness, the formlessness. But there's a lot of juice in the formless. And this is where we can start talking about the non-dual realms, but that's 
<laughs> that's the discussion for another episode, but it can open this doorway of dot D-A-A-T. So this is one of the great paradoxes of mysticism. In order to know the divine, you must empty yourself of all you have taken yourself to be. Also let go of what you take God to be, right? So if we drop it, we drop the whole thing, we see what's left standing. Again, the tower card, let it fall, see what the truth is. In this place of emptiness where there is no one and no thing, then something new arises, a light, a presence, the possibility of being. To be touched in this way by reality changes the course of a life. And since this is happening collectively, it can suddenly change the course of humanity. I'm going to say that again. And since this is happening collectively, it can suddenly change the course of humanity. How is this going to play out? We don't know. But all of a sudden, there could be a massive awakening and we could be standing in a very different place. As we come to know ourselves, not as egos, but as bodies of light, things around us change. As the soul begins to look through the through our eyes with us, we dissolve and something new can arise. All of a sudden, the soul is here with us, the higher self, the higher consciousness, the God self is with us. The betrayals, the distortions, the deceit, the illusions all come to the surface for clearing. Now we can welcome them. Yes, you know, come here because these are just, they're just, you know, pages of our book that can be put back into the Akashic records and put back into our library. We can find them if we need them, but they're not who we are. We can see the lies all around us now. They must emerge and be burned away by this greater flame. The truth of love is what gets us through this heart, this heart that we've discovered, this flame and the heart that's burning, this love and light that's burning within us. And when this happens, the reward can be great. As the fog clears and we're standing in a completely different level of consciousness in a new dimension, something something transformed. The new world begins to present itself. All of a sudden, the trees are beautiful. The flowers are beautiful. Everything around you is like, oh, colors and rainbows. And oh my goodness, it's an entirely new way of seeing the world like you're born again, right? Like seeing with the eyes of a baby. And this is where we are now, you know, but you can, I mean, people can choose to go to sleep. They can choose to miss this opportunity, but why? Okay. It's painful for a minute, but then boom, the fountain happens, right? The There's a fountain that's flowing through the heart and there's love and light. There's laughter. There's friendship. There's community. We're on the precipice of a new time. Right. Some people say that the new world started March 22nd, 2023. That's pretty recent. It's sort of the shift started December 21st, 2012. Right. But now we've we've allowed the the voice of the feminine to come in. The voice the feminine and masculine have danced together. And now there's a, the holy grail can be achieved. There's a wholesomeness that can be happening. So this is the time of the achievement of the grail. The liars say it's all over. They're liars. What they don't know is that it has hardly just begun. So welcome to the realm of higher consciousness. Welcome to the new world. Your life is precious. So is everyone's. Let's just love each other. Right? The life of all sentient beings is precious. 
the life, life, just the pulse of life itself is the strongest pulse of love there is. Love gives rise to life. So let's live. Let's live and thrive. Okay. <laughs> so right now, if you're if you're feeling this, if you're really feeling this, place your hand on your heart. Now, if you're driving, of course, don't come back to this later. But if you can, place your hand on your heart now. Simply feel what is there. It might be a hole. It might be buzzing triggers. It could be anything. Don't try to change it. You might feel love, grief, a myriad of emotions. Just be with it. Then imagine blowing on your heart. Just blow into your hands and just let that wind ignite the light in your heart. Feel that flame burning brightly in your chest. Just you're opening up and opening up greater and greater light. This is the activation of your body of light. And know that this true flame will always lead, guide, direct, and protect you forever. And it might be that the flame of your heart will help another person's heart ignite and love also. Just think of that. It might just go all over the globe for a moment. Imagine a world in which all humans' hearts burn as brightly as the sun. You might even see everyone holding hands. Imagine a world of love and peace in which we all thrive. It could happen. Okay. So to be continued on another episode. So thank you everyone who has joined in to this great visualization of the new light. I hope you're Hearts are truly aflame right now. May your lives be filled with the divine love and freedom. You've been listening to Anne Kate Sullivan, host of Wisdom of the Ages. I have lots and lots of episodes if you want to go listen to them or if you want to read my books. I have most of my books are on um, Celtic mythology because I love the sort of groundedness of the Celtic world. I, I've gone into transcendent realms. I'm writing about those too, but my books. My uh, myths and legends are more about sort of grounded, uh, embodied um, spirituality, and and also the rediscovery of the voice of the of the feminine, the sacred feminine. So uh, I invite you to 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 find out more about them. Also, their um, Nimoy is about time travel, and I've got tons of kids' books, and I think they're 15, 17 books. I keep coming. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to start to tell you more and more about imaginosophy because there's some, there's some wisdom fields that are rolling out that I, anyway, um, again, another podcast, but for now, and for now, just feel that light of your heart, share that light of your heart when you can, if other people shun it, they're not seeing you clearly fine. That's fine. Just turn a different direction. So until we meet again, may wisdom reveal its secrets to you one message at a time. Many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 